Hello everyone, I'm Fort Wayne Mayor Tom Henry, and it's great to have you back for a new episode of the podcast. This is episode number 26, recorded on May 31st, 2019, from Citizen Square in downtown Fort Wayne. For today, I'm happy to welcome a special guest, someone who is directly involved in making a positive impact for countless families in our community. It's a pleasure to welcome the Executive Director of Vincent Village, Denise Andorfer. Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Denise, uh, obviously, housing and homelessness are concerns in all urban areas, and fortunately, we do have great nonprofits like yours working to address these needs, but uh, how does Vincent Village itself address the problem of families who fall into homelessness situations in Fort Wayne? Sure. Well, for 30 years, Mayor, we've been in the south central part of our city ministering to homeless families. It was a vision, actually, of both public servants and um, our bishop and other faith-based leaders to use existing facilities to help house homeless families. So the old St. Hyacinth Convent, and for the last 30 years, we've continued to grow and expand, understanding that the dynamic has to change. And one of the underlying issues was that you cannot have a shelter without a place to move the families out into. So for a number of families in our city, a past eviction um, is a barrier for anyone renting to them, uh, even despite their income. So the idea was let's create our own stock of rental homes, and we've been doing that for the last 20 years. Can you delve into that a little bit more when you say rental homes? Mm-hmm. So, so Vincent Village buys the homes? We have a combination of um, acquisition of the homes that we've used um, both state and city home funds for. We've also had private philanthropy involved where homes are uh, purchased by our donors and gifted to Vincent Village. So over the last 20 years, we've been able to acquire a housing stock of uh, 34 homes. And, um, you know, we also have eight lots. Some of them are blighted lots next to existing properties we've acquired from the city. Um, in looking at efforts to revitalize So you would actually build a home on that lot? Correct. Correct. Would that be uh, like through habitat or? That could be through a number of methods. One is um, our home, the home funds. And of course, Mm -hmm. um, again, that partnership started 20 years ago with the state. It's continued with the city. We currently have 12 homes um, that have recently been renovated, um, upgraded, um, even a new house on Lily Street that we built with those dollars. So now, were a lot of those homes uh, around the new bottle works? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple different efforts going on around there. There's, I call it the best partnership we can get between private funding and governmental funding. Let's look at it all because right. we need it all. It's a huge issue. So let's put together these um, LIHTC or affordable housing tax credit projects which is in no way um, supported by local tax dollars. It's a benefit of the IRS to corporations. So there's currently that the Bottle Works and also Ideal Homes is putting up 30 houses in that area um, with that project. And then you take the city home dollars. And this last year we completed five rehabs and building of a brand new house. And then you take private philanthropy. And I have um, just individual donors who are wanting to help us purchase 
homes and pretty soon you're able to really affect um, the um, beautification and revitalization of a neighborhood that sometimes gets a pretty bad reputation mm -hmm. unfortunately i always say a small few are ruining it for the yeah. rest of the hard-working people in the neighborhood unfortunately that's that's the uh, situation in a number of neighborhoods mm -hmm. where you have just one or two that can cause the whole neighborhood to mm -hmm. uh, fall into some type of distress right you mentioned the city of fort wayne working with the mm -hmm. city i know you work through uh, our housing neighborhood mm -hmm. services department uh, besides working with you for possible federal funding mm -hmm. and the like, are there other ways that the HANDS department works with you? Well, aside from CDBG <clears throat> as well, um, we are... That's Community Block Grant. Right. Community Block Grant um, is another funding source, but um, I think we have a great relationship with um, the HANDS board in helping to identify also what our future housing needs and who is best suited to serve those. So we are a community housing development organization or CHOTO. So we have mm -hmm. that special government status, um, but we're also very um, proactive in looking at what developers can we work with. Um, and, and possibly the, the area of affordable housing doesn't necessarily have to be in one part of our city. So could it be, you know, we're exploring the old nurses dorms um, that St. Joe has oh, okay. um, with a developer. So we're looking at ensuring the whole city has uh, affordable housing options. And what we want to do is, I'm sure a goal of the city, we want to have housing options for all incomes. And we don't want um, any particular housing stock to be um, physically viewed as that's for low-income mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. that's for high-income right. people. You know, a, a sign of a good city is, right, how we take care of our most vulnerable Correct. and the respect and dignity mm -hmm. that we show people and our hardworking entry-level um, employees here in Fort Wayne need to be well taken care of or they can't contribute um, to the workforce in the way that our companies need that entry level. So workforce. what you're saying is right now a large con concentration of your of the homes that you're rehabbing and building may currently be in south southeast but the whole community actually or, or, or significant part of our community would actually be in a position to uh, gain from these services as well. Correct. Uh, our affordable housing is at really 100% occupancy. Mm -hmm. So what we don't want is people to pay more than 30% mm -hmm. of their income in rent because what that's doing is fueling our eviction right, rates. Right. And that's why we're 13th in the country. Because despite how cost-effective it is to buy here in Fort Wayne, right, it's one of the country's most livable and affordable cities, it is not equally as affordable to rent. Uh -huh. So I could be renting a 30 thousand dollar house and paying 650 mm. a month where if I purchased it mm -hmm. obviously it, it would be a lot cheaper so we need to get people into home ownership we need to create plans to help people get more livable wages and further training Denise we, we hear that or I hear that a lot of the rental homes in our community are actually owned by out-of-city they are owners uh, 
many cases out of state. Absolutely. Does that in and of itself bring significant, I would assume it would bring significant problems? Yeah, I, I think as a city we need to be concerned about that and, and could we look at city ordinance mm -hmm. that would, we'd really need a clear plan. So you have an investor right now out of California who specializes in distressed properties. Mm -hmm. So they look at one of the most affordable real estate markets in the country, mm -hmm. which is ours, mm -hmm swoop in and pick up as many homes as possible for very low cost don't make any repairs and then they turn around and rent them you know for 650 700 and, and the other issue we have is that we um, would like to see more landlords accept the housing choice voucher because if I make $8 an hour and the housing authority says they're gonna help me with $200 a month of my rent I think that needs to be respected. Mm -hmm. That That's in no way saying that I'm trying to live off anybody. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants to pay me $8 an right. hour instead of 12 because their profit margin right. is going to sure. be higher. Sure. So I think we have some work to do with landlords. Um, we are certainly willing to do tenant education. We're actually um, collaborating with Indiana Legal Services to do more tenant education because we want tenants to understand not only their rights but their responsibilities and that way we can train good tenants and we can train tenants to understand they need to take care of properties they need mm -hmm. to report maintenance but we also want to have the landlords commit to having safe housing uh, because the last thing our city needs is for people to be living in homes full of lead and mold right because it's just making them sick and they're not good employees and our kids are set up for a lifetime of health problems. So it's a, it's just a really complicated issue. And I think, um, you know, we can certainly work together to see what we can do to keep these out-of-state investors from swooping in and trying to control our rental properties. Um, because there are different models in different states and cities we can learn from that have really learned how to create a small amount of regulation that's simply protecting the people it, it's not cumbersome but it's certainly we wouldn't allow people in our city just to go in any restaurant without it being inspected right, right? they might get sick so we have to protect them in the same way we need to pr protect the most vulnerable who are going in these rental homes that are full of of mold you've talked about a couple of different uh, barriers mm -hmm. uh, what would you say is the biggest barrier uh, for some of these families that would ultimately cause them to lose their homes? Sure. Is, is it employment? Is it uh, uh, the, the condition of the homes because of absentee landlords? Uh, what? It's. I think it's a combination, one, between employment, but we're seeing younger and younger parents with chronic health problems. So we have a number of families right now in the Vincent house that have been there over six months because the parent has a chronic health problem, um, you know, life-threatening, um, multiple brain surgeries, multiple, you know, amputations, wheelchair-bound, um, and their pending disability. My disability will only give a small amount. It will give something. But, but they aren't able to work because of all these chronic health problems. And we've seen people try to go out in the workforce and their blood pressure's too high, they're just not stable enough to be a good employee, even though they want to. So I think there there is a myth that people somehow want to live off the government. Let me tell you that it is not a luxurious life for anyone. Um, people truly wanna work and provide for their families. 
However, if you've grown up in a challenging environment, and you and I were, were both blessed to be able to have opportunities provided right. and to grow up in a safe, um, clean, healthy environment, um, I think we have to realize that those precious little kids that right we're trying to protect and keep safe grow up mm -hmm. into adults that have past trauma and then have health problems because they didn't get preventative care. So. I think the thing about Fort Wayne, and I've lived in a couple different cities that I always come back to, is we, ha we have such a great network of nonprofits, but also partners. So, for instance, uh, a nurse from Parkview Health is on property with our families five hours a week. Fort Wayne Community Schools is on property with our children, um, again, every day of the week. So only collectively can we affect change. We certainly cannot attack this problem and have any kind of long-term impact without everyone coming together and saying, it, this is everybody's problem. Denise, you, you talked for a few minutes about the Community Housing Development mm -hmm. Organization, or CHOTO. Mm -hmm. uh, can, you, can you talk a little bit more about that? I, I know a lot of the neighborhoods in our community hear about CHOTOs, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure that uh, everyone understands mm -hmm. exactly what they are and how they work with you. Sure, sure. So um, the CHOTO is a designation uh, from HUD and um, public jurisdictions um, are required to give a certain percent of their home funds to the CHOTOs. The best thing and the I think the um, most important thing of a CHOTO is that one-third of its board is representative of the low-end community it's trying to build affordable housing. A lot of things, at times we want to come in and do things to neighborhoods mm -hmm. and we don't involve the people that live there. And for our neighborhood we have a lot of long-term homeowners in there. While it may be 55 percent um, rental and 45 percent homeowner, we have a lot of long-standing homeowners mm -hmm. that still love their neighborhood and want to be involved and want to help lead change. And I think that's not often as um, incorporated to services. So when you're a neighborhood-based ministry and you're literally, your neighbors are, <coughs> you know, homeowners, I uh, literally, you know, right. walk in and wave to, to the houses because my office is actually in a house in the middle of a neighborhood. And um, it allows us, I think, to see and hear things happening. Mm -hmm. um, we have staff there 24 hours a day. We have staff on call. Um, we experience things just like the neighborhood does. So, um, and we, we see what's happening, you know, during the day and at night. And, and we're, we're there um, to work with the neighborhood associations and the neighbors to try to come up with solutions. So I think that's the great thing about how the CHOTO was set up. With that representation of the community and also a formal, there has to be a formal mechanism to receive input from the community. So whether it's surveys or meetings, so for instance, we have a tenant council, we host meetings to get input, um, we also send surveys out via text because we've gotten very savvy at trying to not use paper with people, a generation that doesn't use paper anymore, to get input because you can only refine and make things better for people when you get their input and I think sometimes um, people that are renters and um, they're on the very you know top or end of the um, employment spectrum they feel like they don't have a voice 
right? And that's what we want to encourage people, that, that their thoughts and opinions are very valid and important. And, of course, that's one thing we try to do when we get people out to vote, right? We say you can be a part of creating change. And so I think that's my favorite part uh, about the Chodo. And um, the state of Indiana is now creating a really good network and training to help support. So um, IHCDA, Indiana Community Development, is really investing um, in training for not only the jurisdictions, but the nonprofit entities that are trying to um, really have strong, you know, um, chodos. So we can create long-term plans to um, keep up these, um, keep up housing, and, and it's both rental and ownership. So it's a really, if it's well thought out and strategic, these funds are a piece of the pie, right? And then we can put together the other pieces. So we can say, um, I always say, you know, Fort Wayne um, knows what our community needs, but we are also smart enough to know when we should take government funds when it's a smart way to do business. And so to infuse these dollars as 25% in the total budget um, is just smart business practice. Well, you've established, or Vincent has established a, sounds to me like a significant network mm -hmm. uh, with the federal government, right. state government, uh, local government, uh, a lot of uh, uh, Fort Wayne organizations mm -hmm. partnering with you. Right. Uh, what if there were, uh, uh, if there was a citizen mm -hmm. who not necessarily uh, is attached to one of those organizations, okay. but believes in what you're trying mm -hmm. to do, uh, can they volunteer to help? Yeah, absolutely. We have people volunteering from everything from um, working with our families to cook dinner in our shelter, mm -hmm. to tutoring our young people, to help getting our homes ready for re-rental. So right now we have two homes. Um, for all our for our 40 properties, including um, work orders and turning houses open, we only employ two full-time people. Okay, so we rely on the broader community. We, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, um, a baseball team, you know, a group of middle school kids that came in and they did the landscaping and they did some oh. cleaning. So we don't care if you're in the fifth grade or if you're 80 <laughs> years old. Um, we need you to be part of the solution, and I think that's the great thing. We also, for the 55 to 60 families that live in Vincent House in the course of 12 months, we will provide for every basic need. So imagine running a bed and breakfast, right, for 60 mm. families, and that's about 180 people a year, providing all the pillows, all the bedding, all the um, hygiene supplies, all the diapers. We rely on the community to help get, get us those items. You know, it's, it's hard for me to grasp uh, in the city our size uh, what a certain part of our population, what... Uh, environment that you would have to live in if it wasn't for an organization like this and so thank you for all the work that you do well that's all the time we have for today uh, denise uh this uh, was a wonderful discussion it truly was thank you so much for spending time with us today and and thank you uh, to all of our listeners for tuning in so with that join us next time when we continue to discuss all the positive momentum that we're experiencing in fort wayne so until then, this is Mayor Tom Henry. Have a great weekend.